What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and today we are going to be looking at yet another random magic card like I, well, like I like to do here most days. Um, Alright, so today we are looking at Folk of the Pines, which is an interesting name. Uh, apparently this was originally printed in Deckmasters? Um... Yeah, oh, well, okay, originally printed in Ice Age. This was reprinted in a product called Deck Masters. Um, I'm not exactly sure what that is, to be honest. It looks like a precursor to the Master set. Anyway, so I assure you, these aren't planned. These aren't scripted. <laughs> That's generally uh, how I do it around here. It's totally off the dome. So, Folk of the Pines is interesting. It is a 2-5 Dryad, which is a creature type that you don't see much anymore. So that sounds like the kind of creature type I would want to build a tribal around in EDH just to show to my friends, hey, I can do this. Um, that's definitely what, what a Dryad is. Up until recently, actually, that's where Minotaur sat, too. Of course, they actually got a tribal commander in one of the upcoming products. I believe it was Jumpstart. So... Who knows? Maybe that'll be. Maybe that'll change. But uh, folks, folk with the pines. Anyway, that's what we're here to talk about. So it's a two-five for five, uh, dryad with the ability of one in a green. Folk of the pines gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. Okay, just off the gate, th this card is not particularly great. You know, it's not a good rate at all. It's a two-five for five. However, one thing that we see here that's kind of interesting is that it's a green creature that can buff its own power, which Okay, there's something there, um, because you don't see that very often. That actually is an ability that you see on a lot of red permanents, although actually there are a couple of black ones with something similar as well. But the way that it often works is um, to pay one red for a creature to get plus one plus zero. That's the ability that we see on Shiv and Dragon, and it has been kind of casually or unofficially referred to as fire breathing there's also an enchantment called fire breathing that gives that to a creature so it's an ability that we've seen in a couple other places but plus one plus zero is usually relegated to red now the reason the folk of the pine is particularly just it it hasn't aged well and part of the reason for that is just green has become significantly better and that's even before you take into account modern day power creep like compare this to tarmogoyf any day and folk of the pine is still way behind although uh, tarmogoyf is a bit of a rough example but compare it to ivy elemental which is borderline unplayable um, and Folk of the Pine still looks really, really bad. And when I say borderline unplayable, it's really, it's in Constructed, Ivy Elemental is unplayable. In Ikoria Limited, Ivy Elemental is a fine role player in a Mutate deck. You know, like, it's not good. And that is significantly more powerful than Folk of the Pines. So this is one of those cards that's kind of fun. If you happen to have one from back in the day, just because it's a fun old older card, rock on. Um... You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I have a handful of old, like, Ice Age cards that are just there because they're humorous, and I, I appreciate them. Um, just because, I don't know, there's something about having a little piece of the game's history, even if it doesn't have any monetary value, and even if you don't want to play with those game pieces, um, it's still enjoyable. You know, I have some old Ice Age cards, uh, including, I think I have a Grey Ogre. Um, I don't remember if that was from Ice Age or if it was from one of the other sets. But, actually, I think it might have been from one of the core sets, now that, now that I think about it. One of the really old, like, I mean, like, fourth edition. Um, and it's just a, it's a fun card. It's not good, it's not playable in any stretch of the imagination. But, it has a nostalgic feel. It has the old card frame. You know, here we have a white border, which is something that Wizards has moved away from because the community just, 
universally hated them. Um, and so it's interesting. It's fun. And not to mention, this was originally printed in Deckmasters. I'm not even sure what that product was. It sounds like a precursor to the master sets of... Um, well, <laughs> the master sets of the past, although we do have double masters coming out later this year as I record this. So I suppose master sets haven't really gone anywhere in the end. So that's really the thing here. So fire breathing is the ability that's on this creature, which is weird for green. But as a flip side, it only has a base power of two. If this had a base power of five or even four, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be mad at it, but the idea that I spend five mana on a creature and then the following turn I have to spend six additional mana just to get a 5-5 five five that is only a 5-5 five five until the end of the turn, ugh, that's gross. Like, that's that's no bueno. This, this card just, it doesn't work. Now, that's it. There's one application that I can see for it that would be fun. Good? Not quite so much. But a fun jank combo that Folk of the Pines would enable is if you were to play it alongside Fling and some way to generate infinite mana. If you can generate infinite green mana, Folk of the Pines can become, it can have an unreasonably large power. Its toughness remains five, but in that situation what you could do is if you had like a Whisper Silk Cloak down, you could attach it, swing at one of your opponents, and then fling it into your other, you know, into another one. Like, that would just be fun. You know, is it efficient? Absolutely not. There are so many better ways to win a game. However, that is one situation where Folk of the Pines can give you a strong win out of nowhere, despite being a very bad card. <laughs> and I gotta say, I have a soft spot for getting weird wins using bad cards. I think there's a place for it. And if you are a Johnny Combo player like myself, that kind of interaction is just delightful. And Fling actually gives you a lot of those. I couldn't tell you how happy I was when uh, when they reprinted that in Eldraine because there's so many weird things you can do with that card. It's just beautiful. I absolutely love it. And Folk of the Pines looks, looks that way to me. Now, that's only good in a situation where you can ramp into an obscene amount of mana or genuinely create infinite mana um otherwise there's really you just don't get there from here you just don't um yeah because it's just too inefficient it's too expensive and there's so many better ways to do this especially if you're looking in red you know if you're playing like a grawl deck folk of the pines is really just there as a joke there's no way that you could execute a decent um yeah decent play with this yeah you'll never see this on arena I'll tell you that right now, without a doubt, you know, the historic anthologies is not bringing Folk of the Pines into the into the picture because it's just so underpowered, especially by today's standards. It just doesn't get there. Um, you know, in a limited environment where it's around similarly costed things, like that's okay, that's another thing. What Folk of the Pines is, is a decent reusable mana sink. If you are playing in a limited environment or some other situation where you are likely to have a lot of mana and not a lot of resources to spend it on, Folk of the Pines gives you a decent blocker in the five toughness backside and a place where you can dump all of that mana to get recurring value. That's only good if you have a lot of mana available. And the reason mana sinks like that are useful and limited is because it's not uncommon late in the game to have access to five, six, seven lands and nothing to spend them on. It's also why card draw is good. Well, in any format, because if you have spells in hand, you can play those spells uh, and use your mana that way. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, magic is about two things getting access to mana, and then being able to use that mana to win the game. 
That's all it is. It is a resource management game. And if you take it to the next level, if you are a deck builder in addition to a deck player, if you're focusing on generating decks, you want to maximize the likelihood of optimizing what resources you have available, be that in the form of card draw, be that in the form of ramp. You know, the aspect, like the art of crafting a deck is the art of finding what resources you can piece together to generate an environment, which as the player, the deck is your environment, it is what you are focused on, it is what you are using, they are the tools that are at your, dis- the, those cards are the tools at your disposal, and the deck is that, but also, there is a chaotic element, you are drawing cards randomly, you will only have access to a small fraction of the actual deck in any given game. And so as the deck builder, you are balancing the probabilities of drawing any given card in any given situation and the likelihood that those situations will occur. Now, if you've been playing for a long time, you usually don't think of it in those terms. You just think, oh, well, I like this card. I want to draw this card. I need to have four of this card. Or this card is good, but it's kind of expensive and I don't want to draw it in these situations. I'd love to draw it in these situations. All right, I'm probably going to put two or one, you know, um, and it's... you don't really focus too much on that as you're building the decks. However, if you really stop and think, you really, that is ultimately what you're doing. You're trying to identify the probability of drawing in any, any given, the probability of ending up in any given situation given your deck and the decks you are likely to go up against and then determining the probability of drawing a good answer to whatever that situation is and whatever you want to do in that situation. Because in any game of magic, just like in any situation you find yourself in life, you want something. You want to deal damage to your opponent. You want them to discard cards. You want to draw a card yourself. You want to gain access to more mana. You want to do something. You are always trying to drive the game towards a conclusion that is in your best interest. Now, that sounds odd to say because you'd think that there are certain decks that are focused on stopping, you know, that are focusing on controlling the board and slowing the game down. And that's true, there are. And those decks are tempo decks and control decks. And the reason that those decks, I I would argue that those decks are in fact still driving towards a conclusion that is favorable to them. And the reason I think of it that way is because they are preventing their opponents from driving towards the conclusion that they want to. And so they're taking a reactive approach but towards the goal of a successful outcome that is in their favor. And they're doing so more by playing against the opponent than playing their own stuff. There are proactive and reactive approaches. And when you look at certain colors, like blue is a very reactive color by nature. That just is how it operates. Meanwhile, red is very, very proactive. That's why those, that's part of the reason those two are opposed to each other is blue is all about understanding your opponent, outwitting them and you know, understanding how to maneuver. Meanwhile, red, if red wants to punch you, they're just going to punch you. They just are about action and going and doing. And so when you look at the mono red decks, they have a plan. They don't really care what you're doing. They're going to hit really freaking hard and really freaking fast, and you just need to deal with it. And blue completely cares about what you're doing and is completely invested in what you're doing and making sure that they can stop what you're doing. And the things that go into a main deck in a control deck depend on what people are playing in aggro decks and mid-range decks 
the decks that are out there that are being proactive dictate the answers that people put in the reactive decks. And that is a balancing act that has been in Magic since the very beginning. That has been... When people talk about the meta, those two dynamics are what they're talking about. Your proactive decks versus your reactive decks. And when the answers become very, very strong, the reactive decks become the norm. People, you know, the reactive decks become more prevalent. And people who prefer that proactive style ultimately end up getting a little bit hurt because you know, the the reactive decks end up kind of taking over the meta, and that's when people are people complain about control being everywhere. Meanwhile, the flip side is also true. If the answers aren't good enough, the reactive players who enjoy that element of the game and trying to understand what's in their opponent's hand and how they can respond to it, those players end up feeling hurt because no matter what, the players who are just trying to punch fast and hard are the players who end up winning all the time if aggro always has the always has the best stuff then the control players don't have anything to respond with and they end up getting alienated and so there's a tough balancing act and i don't envy wizards r&d for or the you know the vision team uh, at wizards and everyone in development who have to balance this because that is a that's not a small feat like that's a lot and it's interesting when you look at certain cards because they seem to fall into some archetypes and not others. Uh, meanwhile, there are other cards that are really flexible and can fit into either. And it's it's interesting. You know, Folk of the Pines here doesn't really fit into either because it's just so meh. And that's ultimately where you get stuff that falls into combo is cards that don't exactly fit either space but can do something that's interesting. <laughs> um, and so Folk of the Pines ultimately, that's the only place where it could exist. And even then we end up in my favorite category of magic cards, and that is jank. And if you hear anyone say jank, what they're referring to is stuff that's not very good, but has the potential to be fun. And that's what Folk of the Pines is. Folk of the Pines could fit into a jank deck. Is the jank deck going to win you a tournament? Oh, goodness, no. Not if it's really jank. But jank decks give you that moment where your friends go, wait, what? And that's what Folk of the Pines could give you. There are opportunities because it has a mana sink built in that increases its power. Those are elements that you can leverage in fringe circumstances. So the good deck builder would look at this and think, okay, what situations do I want this in? Well, I can think of one. I want this if I have infinite mana. Well, how many other cards do I want if I have infinite mana? A lot. There are a lot of cards. You know, if I if I have infinite mana, why would I want a Folk of the Pines that I would need to combo with something that could give it evasion and or something that can deal damage equal to its power, like a fling or a sure strike trident? Why would I want that over, say, a fireball that could just hit my opponents for infinite damage directly and cut out all of that nonsense. Well, why would I want that? Because it's fun. And if that is not a motivating reason for you, then this card isn't for you, period. That's it. Like that that's it. Like it, why would you take this over a fireball? Cuz it's neat and I want to see if I can do it. And I look at cards and think of how can I build a deck around that all the time that's part of the reason i'm doing the show i absolutely love that side of things like looking at a card and figuring out where can i put this yeah and this is jank exclusively it's just is way too expensive you take this exact same card make it three mana to cast i'll tell you the exact same thing it's too expensive it's too niche it isn't going to give you what you need make it cost like two and okay then you've got a two five for two with upside 
all right, that would be okay. But uh, even so, nowadays with power creep, there are so many better options. Think about it. If this was your three drop, you can cast this on turn three. If it was two generic and a green, which would you rather cast, this or Uro? I mean, okay, it's not really fair to compare anything to Uro, but still... You can look at almost any 3-drop that is available in Standard right now. I can't think of a single one I would take over this. And this, natively, is a 5-drop. So, yeah, it's just too expensive for what you get if you're trying to actually win games. But if you want to turn some heads with some goofy shenanigans, I think we have a winner. All right, so that was a heck of a tangent, you guys. But I apparently have some thoughts on these things, and Folk of the Pines brought it out of me. So, there is some flavor text. Let's take a quick look at that. Our friends of the forest take many forms, yet all serve the will of Freyalis. And that was attributed to Lena of the Elvish Council. Okay, that's fun. It definitely has the feel of um definitely has the feel of a fantasy forest. And the the image, the character that we see in the artwork is clearly a spirit of the woods of some kind. She's in she appears to be actually either wrapped up in some garment that appears to be made of a pine tree, or she seems to be part pine tree. If you look closely, uh, it looks like a snow-covered pine tree is like sprouting from her hair. Um, or perhaps that's just the way that her hair is formed, which as a spirit of the woods, you know, as a dryad, that makes sense. All right, guys, this has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for hanging out, as always. You can catch me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhocks42. I look forward to catching you over there. Um, this show is also available anywhere podcasts are sold and on YouTube with a video feed. So hi, everybody out there watching the video. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for hanging out. I'll catch you next time.